Good, good early morning to you. My voice is a little messed up because of uh, last night's game now uh, at Mackey Arena. Uh, Purdue held on to beat number nine, Illinois, 83-78. to It was an interesting game. It was a weird game because it was, came in such fits. Um, there are a lot of cool sub subplots we can talk about. I will talk about tonight. I don't know if any of you will tune in live because it is extremely late, uh, 2 a.m. here in Indiana, here in Fishers. But I wanted to get this thing done um, tonight because i got a bunch of stuff to do tomorrow. Uh, before I talk about the game, thanks to my friends at Homefield Apparel. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Um, not only do I like them as a sponsor, but I wear their product. Uh, thanks to our, thanks to our friend our friends at Homefield. Thanks to Connor specifically, the owner there, um, and also uh, thanks to our pal at AJ's. I went to AJ's tonight again. These are sponsors, but I I believe in the product. So if you're on campus, if you're over by the fire station, head over to AJ's on Vine. You'll get great service like I did tonight. I had a awesome waitress named Jordan who was just hustling her tail off. She was great. Uh, she's also uh, a Purdue Boilermaker softball player. Um, AJ's employs some some real Boilermaker students, which is really cool. Jordan was great. The place was jam-packed when we got there. It was hard to get a table. Uh, she was doing like 15 different roles, um, but she was awesome. And uh, my my nephew and my brother and I enjoyed the pretzels. We uh, I had a, I had the pulled pork at her suggestion. I've never had that there. Pretty good. But I, I still prefer the Italian beef and the burgers myself, but I wanted to try it because I want to try something different. Also very good, but Next time, I'll probably get back and get a burger. They got so many darn things to eat. There's so many different things to try. You should go over to AJ's. That's quite an intro. All right. So, um, it was a night of Jays. I've got a bunch of stories, not not just about the game. Um, and I've watched a, a couple things after the game. I watched Painter's comments. I watched Underwood's comments. I haven't watched any of the players yet. I plan to do that probably tonight before I go to sleep. Because this might get me wound up or I might be ready to crash. Who knows? But here, I'll tell you, that one thing that's great, I love running into you guys, uh, people that, that, like I said, made make Boyable Sports part of your post-game ritual, probably not tonight, but I ran again, again to a, a guy named Joe. Joe's a good guy. Um, Joe and I talked to each other last week um, at Chick-fil-A over on Creasy Lane. He said he was looking to find if uh, I had started my post-game uh, after the Eastern Kentucky game. And, um, and it hadn't started yet, and he was kind of like, darn it, he wanted to start it and get on the road, get on 65 and uh, head south. And he said he heard my voice in Chick-fil-A and uh, came over and talked to me. It was really cool. And, uh, and I talked to him, and I saw him again this week in the concourse uh, at Mackey, so that was cool. So it was Jordan at AJ's, Joe there. Then I talked to John, his buddy, who owns uh, Tees River Brewery, awesome guy, uh, Longtime boiled sports watcher listener and Jay, uh, I think his name is Jay Wood, if I remember correctly. Um, and I've known Jay for a long time digitally too. So it was, I, I tell you, I love going to Mackey for like reunion type stuff and talking to people. Thank you to everybody who I said hi to. It was awesome. Great seeing you. Great talking to you. Um, so that's the first part. That was the first part. The second part I want to talk before I get into the game. So a lot of um, forward, if you're using like book terms. Um, was after I left Mackey, I was like, man, I am dead. My throat is shot. I need to get a drink. And so I headed towards um, uh, 
towards a gas station up near 52. Left Northwestern, went over, you take the traffic circle, you kind of veer right onto Jaeger Road. You guys have probably been there. It's, it's four lanes. Actually, it's five. There's a turn lane in the middle, two lanes on the side. I'm in the middle lane, and I'm about to get into the turn lane. So I turn on my turn signal, and the car on my right cuts across my nose and gets in the turn lane in front of me to go into the Circle K there, if you know that area. And I was pretty angry. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? <clears throat> you guys are going to love this story, I think. I've already told the guys at BS. So he's driving a black uh, Chevy Caprice or something, Illinois tags. And I wasn't going to get out and yell at him. I'm not that guy. I just wanted to kind of look at him. I wanted to get out of the car and kind of glare at him and like, what the hell? What are you doing? But he gets into the, I, I don't see, think I see him leave uh going to the gas station. Actually, no, I see him leave. He's in a black coat and a hat. And he goes in. I see him from behind. He's a black guy. And um, and I just wanted to go and just kind of catch eye with him. I just wanted to look at him and be like, who's the moron? I get in there, grab my uh, drink. It's one of the officials from the game. I'm not kidding around. It wasn't the Prancy Pony official. It was the other, other guy who's also bad. They were bad. Those officials were really bad. Did they change the outcome? They changed the point differential, I would argue. But they were not good at their job. And how much of a great in ending of that night is that? That this dumbass um, cuts me off and, uh, and I get to look him in the eye right in front of the drink cooler at Circle K. <laughs> I didn't say anything to him. I'm sure he tries hard at his job, but he's not good at it. And there are a lot of people that try hard at their jobs and not good at it, and they don't get a hard time. They don't have to deal with the public. But, man... Whatever. Okay, so so let's talk about the game now. All right, the game was super interesting because, A, you had Purdue get out to that big start, right? Great start, and I kind of felt like this is one of those things where Illinois was going to come crashing down uh, after the, the, the loss of Shannon to suspension. I, I felt like they were due for that, and it looked like Purdue kind of had that thing. They, they had the nailed. Illinois was not making shots because Purdue was defending so well. Purdue was... Excellent on the glass, especially early. Excellent on the glass. Zach Eady was absolutely destroying Illinois on the glass. He was taking boards away that were in other guys' hands just by will. So much fun to watch Zach Eady when he's just... It looked like Purdue... Like my college roommate who's a, a Purdue alum from... So probably 96. December 96? December 95. Doesn't matter. Right around there. He texts me. He's like, I think Purdue's trying to make a statement tonight. And I was like... Kind of feels like it. And so Purdue's out in this cruise control mode. And then Zach Eady gets a foul that's legit. And then he gets a foul on a pick that was, I think, pretty ridiculous. Um, he was set. The Illinois player ran into his feet. They called tripping. Okay, so now Eady's got two fouls. I wrote this down because this is important. 8.26 left in the first half. He's out of the game. You're not going to see him again, right? That's Painter's pretty much his policy unless the game gets dire. Purdue had a nine-point lead. Trekov, Minren, and company, uh, Caleb First, um, Mason Gillis, the B Purdue's bigs, um, really went on a tear. And if you don't realize this, they had a nine-point lead when Edie leaves the game, and they had a 15-point lead at the half. That That's probably the key of the game if you really look at it. Purdue wins by five. They increase the lead by six in that point. I know it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Sorry, my nose is itching really badly, um, and my throat sounds awful. But that was a really big stretch of that game 
really important. And wow, you, there's some people listening live. I really appreciate you guys being here. People listening on delay as well. But that's that's a big deal. I don't know if you're on the West Coast or what, but 2.02 a.m. right now here in Indiana. And I sound like this. And I appreciate you guys for being here. Um, so Purdue extends the lead. That's a big deal. They come out in the second half. They extend the lead again. They get out to 19 or 20 point lead. Um, Edie gets two more fouls. I think one of those fouls is legit. One. So that really, he should have two fouls like a normal game. Brian Newbert talked about this. This happens sometimes where coaches really get in the official's ear and they hammer an idea. This guy gets away with murder. Call this foul, blah, blah. And for some reason, the refs just, okay, I'll listen tonight. So whatever the reason, it happens once or twice a year where officials just call a weird game because that coach has put out bulletin he's he's put he's put out these points gotta call it this way and they listened so but here's the problem okay it's not that they call fouls on zach ed that i have a problem i never am bothered by fouls i always as a as an ex you know low level basketball coach i used to always say consistency is fine from officials we can work with consistency if they're calling ticky tech fine if they're calling really okay we're gonna it's we're not gonna let this get real physical fine if we're gonna call it by the letter of the law fine but that wasn't the case. They called this stuff on Zach. He gets in foul trouble, right? He's out of the game again with four fouls in the second half. At the same time, in the same period of time, you had Brad Underwood come on the court at one point. He was 15 feet on the court. He got a warning. He did another time where he came out the official, almost grabbed him, had to talk to him right then. No problem. They just listened to it. Just going to take it. And also, Hawkins from Illinois, all freaking game was on the officials. At one point, I am almost positive he grabbed the arm of the official, which I don't think you're supposed to do. But he's so animated, so demonstrative. Every time anything happened, Hawkins ends with two fouls. Hawkins ends with no technical fouls. Brad Underwood gets no technical fouls. At the same time, Purdue is really getting beaten up with a foul call. Edie really had to take it on the chin. It was, uh, and it changed the game. It changed the game. Purdue... Wins the game, like I said, by five points against a very good Illinois team. They're good. Even without Shannon, they're a good team. And I've got a lot of thoughts about them. They're an interesting team, too. Um, they've, they're, they're kind of a dichotomy, and I'll tell you why I say that in a second. But they win by five, and it's really a 10-point win disguised as a five-point win because of that technical that they called, that flagrant foul they called on Lance Jones at the end. Now, Painter talked about that. He said, I didn't see the foul. But if you block out a guy and he's jumping, you keep driving yourself back, they'll call the foul on you every time because it looks like you're undercutting. Okay, so that's a foul. Let's give that benefit. I don't think it was a foul. I'll be real honest. I don't think it's a foul. If you, and I might be wrong at that. I got to go watch it again. So I'll take my medicine there. I, I might be wrong. But let's say it's a foul. It's not a flagrant. It's not a flagrant foul. So they give, the, if you watch that, if you go back and watch that about 10, 15 seconds, so weird because the ref is clearly distracted by watching the Illinois fan or the Illinois player get toppled, okay, on top of Jones. He stops watching the play. I believe Jones grabs a rebound. Is it Jones? I think it's Jones grabs a rebound. I'm not positive. Is that possible? He grabs the ball. It gets knocked out of his hands out of bounds by Hawkins. And he calls it out on Purdue. And I was like, he just gave up on the play because of that happened before. So he went to review, and I don't know if he went to review the out-of-bounds play or the foul, and Purdue walks away with the worst possible deal, with the flagrant. Like I said, 
those officials were questionable at best all night, but the fact that they weren't enforcing stuff that was right there in front of them. And Illinois, okay, so let's let's talk about Illinois. Damask is a really good, unusual player. He's got total old man game because he doesn't do anything very quickly. He's just kind of spinning around and um, he's waiting for the defender to get in the wrong place to drive. And he's a he's an interesting player because it's different. His game is different. I would have loved to see Purdue at least try for a minute with either Morton or Heidi. Just go out there and play really physical with him. Say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a foul or two right now, but we're gonna really try to knock him out of his rhythm. Not anything flagrant. But just try to stop him because he had that period of about seven, eight minutes in the second half where he was absolutely abusing Purdue. So Damask is really good player, no doubt, really good player. Um, Hawkins again, I can't even watch that guy. He is he is he is a major whiner, a crybaby, um, whatever you want to call him. And Goody is no better. Anytime there was a whistle near them, not even on them, in there at their teammate, they acted like the world was coming to an end. So you've got that, and you've got their coach, and they're reflecting their coach. This happens. Their coach, Underwood, is, is just pissed off. It looks like all the time at the officials, okay, which is fine. I don't have a problem. I think that's, that's part of the game. Getting after officials at big-time college basketball, I don't have a problem with that. But you're going to have other people get annoyed with you, okay? When you listen to Underwood in, in post games, he is very pleasant to listen to. He is very complimentary to the other team. He is very straightforward. He's not like Izzo where he's like sitting there kind of grinding and about to put down the other team. So I think that's just interesting. You watch them on the court. They look like a completely different thing than they are when they're at the press table. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to get my head around, and I don't know will the real Illinois personnel, personality stand up. I really don't know what they are. Um, I don't know a lot. I, I can tell you I did not like watching them tonight, especially Hawkins and, and Underwood at times. Um, another neat side note, Zach, uh, Big Zach, Big Zed. I love that nickname. Somebody gave it on the uh, on one of these um, post games, a live post game. Uh, I can't take credit of it. I can't remember who did it, but Big Zed, it's a great nickname. Zebo is what Painter calls him, also a good nickname. Um, he got his 1,000th rebound tonight. He's, uh, Painter said this in the post game. It's only the second Purdue fan, uh, player ever. To get a thousand rebounds, Joe Barry Carroll is the first. That's that's elite company, and Edie did it in is it three years? Is that right? I think it's three years. I can never remember this. I know he has another year of eligibility left, and I, that might be because of COVID. I can't. I don't know anything about eligibility. Regardless, if it's three or four years, he's in truly elite company. A thousand rebounds is pretty incredible. Um, I think it's four years. It's probably four years. You guys can correct me if you. I don't know. It's 2 in the morning, guys. Um, anyway, okay, now I'm going to talk about one thing that got me, had my attention all night. Fletcher Lawyer played one of his worst games in Purdue University or in Purdue uniform um, on offense. He kept driving and not even any sense of anybody being around him. Illinois is really long, and they would block him over and over. Like, he'd get around him and thought, he's, I guess he thought, okay, I, I'm here, I can, I can lay it in, and they would block his shot like me playing a niche. That's happened, by the way. I played pickup with Anish, and he tossed the shot. I thought I was by him. Anish is 6'4". I'm 5'4". By the way, when I met um, Joe and John, or re-met Joe, saw Joe, talked to John. John was like, I was sure you were six foot something. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. This is it. 5'4". This is what I am. This is it. It's not a costume. I've always been 5'4", since I've been full grown. Before that, I was even shorter. Um, but yeah, um, Lawyer played a bad game. He played very poorly. We're going to give him praise when it's, it's the same with everybody. That's a bad game he played. He couldn't stay anybody in front of anybody defensively, and offensively he was not effective. 
I think he hit a three. I'm going to go look at stats here in a minute. We're already on for a lot of 15 minutes, 16 minutes. But um, I don't understand. I do not understand why he was in the game so much. And I know they started uh, a subbing offense, defense, Painter did. At the end, he did it with Edie, he did it with Lawyer. So he'd bring in Morton on defense and he'd take out Lawyer. I would have kept in Morton on offense too. I mean, I just thought he was more effective. He's bigger and stronger. There's a, I know Illinois has some guys out there that can really play. Um, I mean, Illinois is talented. There's no doubt. Uh, but, man, that was a rough game from Lawyer. And um, I hope he can put together one of those amazing games in the next week. So you got Nebraska at Nebraska in, what, three days. And then you've got Penn State coming to Mackey. Penn State, not not the Penn State of Micah Shrewsbury. They're not that tough. Um, but Nebraska is legit for some reason. Uh, they're, they're really good right now. Beat up at IU. You can ask, ask what IU thinks about Nebraska. I think, I, I think they beat them by 20-something points. My son and I were talking about that. And I watched much of that game. Uh, Nebraska just dominated IU. So that's going to be a good game. That's a good test. Ro- another road game. Guys, girls. Let's level ourselves a little bit. I got pretty excited. And I got pretty hot, honestly, different times. And I'm like, man, remember, remember the grand scheme of things. You want the team to learn something every game, get better at something every day, every game. They do look like a better team than last year when, when, uh, when it's crunch time. But last year, that team was damn good, too. The one thing I'm concerned about with today's game, if I'm going to be real honest, is like turnovers at specific times down the game. Felt like Purdue was hanging out with their fingernails especially down the stretch. Um, I really wanted them to create space in that on that scoreboard. But the way the game was being called, it was kind of taken out of their hands too. Um, if you listen to Udnerwood uh, talk about Edie, how difficult he is for them, how difficult it is to play Zach Edie. I mean, he pretty much said when he was in the, in the game, we couldn't score. We couldn't score with any regularity. And then when he was out of the game, we said, we got to score now. We got to, we got to take advantage of it. And so, um, Zach Eady's a beast. But the funny thing is, Trey Kaufman Wren, I don't even think I've Wren, uh, mentioned him yet. Trey Kaufman Wren played out of his mind great. And he was the reason they extended that lead from 9 to 15 at the end of the first half. He was the reason that they kept chugging, chugging along in the second half. He's not a good free throw shooter. I think he's, I'm guessing, in his high, high 50s, low 60s, I'm guessing, on the season. Um, and he hit seven in a row or eight in a row from the free throw line. That was absolutely huge. Uh, Purdue, I think, shot 80% from the free throw line, but they were up above that until the end when uh, he and I think he and Jones both missed front ends, um, which were really important. If you hit both of those those free throws, you hit all four of those, different game again. That 10-point lead gets extended out. Um, but Purdue could not get past that nine-point threshold, and you kind of felt the game was shrinking. One thing Purdue did really well, they handled the press really well. I mean, they had a couple press breaks that were just beautiful. The way they were drawn up, and I don't know if that's P.J. Thompson or who's doing that, but they were good. They're really, really good playmaking to get past the press. And Illinois is a tough team to, to go against when they're running that trap because they got guys with such long arms. Hawkins can move side to side really, really well. Um, uh, and he's rangy, and he got his hand on a ball, knocked it out, Purdue got it in and got it up court. Um, Smith did a great job handling that. But, again, down the stretch, I would have loved to see Purdue create space. You can't win every game, number one. You're not going to – it's not going to be perfect season. There are people that talk about Purdue running the table in the Big Ten. That's foolish talk. 
too many good teams, but one of the best teams, if not the very best team, is Illinois. Then the other one that I'm really bothered by is Wisconsin because they're Wisconsin and I can't stand Wisconsin. And it's always been tough. When Wisconsin is up near the top of the conference, they'll just do stupid stuff. You know, to play that crappy grind-down game that we all love to hate or we all hate to, to watch. Wisconsin's coming, though. Um, some teams, you're like, okay, not that big of a deal. Beating Maryland at home, though, in hindsight, they had 19 straight wins there. Purdue handled their business there. Beating Illinois tonight, it's a big deal just to stay, say, okay, you want to win the Big Ten, if that's, a, if that's your sort of thing. Anish, it's a big deal to Anish. If you want to do it, that's, that's, a, that's a huge deal. All right, now I'm going to look at stats. Gosh, I'm 20 minutes in. I am, it's 2 a.m. I thought I would fall asleep during this, like get more tired. That hasn't happened yet. So thank you to you guys who have stuck through it so far. I'm going to read the stats, then I'm going to get over and talk about comments, and then we'll call it an evening, a morning, whatever you want to call it. Like I said, Purdue has uh, beat wins 83-78, and they improved to 14-1. The next game is the midway point of the season before the, if you look at just the regular season before all tournaments, you know, Big Ten tournament and then NCAA tournament. Um, The Nebraska game is the direct midpoint of the season. Um, In case you're into that sort of thing. Um, Like I said, Domask from Illinois, great game. Uh, Played 40 full minutes, uh, 26 points. Three boards, five assists, just two turnovers. Uh, Dre Gibbs Longhorn, Lawhorn. Uh, he had he played nine minutes, zero points, and four personal fouls, um, and zero rebounds. Nice job, Dre. Thanks for coming. <clears throat> uh, I'm not going to talk about anybody else. Luke Goody's a good player. Uh, Guerriere, he's a good player. 18 points. Goody's a whiner. 16 points. I liked him a lot more before tonight. He uh, kind of swept the leg of a Purdue opponent and then acted like innocent, like he was falling down. I don't like that stuff. If you're going to be a jerk, be a jerk. Um, embrace it. Don't try to be underhanded. Uh, if you're just a hard-nosed guy, fine. We've seen that before at Purdue. We can, we can enjoy that. But don't act like, oh, what happened? You, you have tremendous body control. We can see you. You're a great athlete. Anyway, all right, let's talk about our boilers. Drake Hoffman ran 23 points in 26 minutes, uh, four boards, two assists, and uh, a block, just one turnover. Excellent game. Zach Eady in 23 minutes because he was limited. He was hampered by the fouls. He was on a tear. I will say it again on rebounds. He finishes the game with 15 boards and 10 points, um, two block shots, uh, and a steal. He had three turnovers. Um, but, man, that was, that was a solid game. From the free throw line, let's see. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Uh, Zach was 0 for 3 from the free throw line. Uh, that's that's not Zach Eady, right? Is it, it was – let's – that's an unusual game for Zach Eady. I'm not going to say uh, it's not a bad game. We're really in the bad game. 23 points and 15 boards and 10, 10 points is not a bad game, but it's it's not a Zach Eady game. And he wasn't able to flex his muscle. He did it for about, what, three, four minutes in the second half where he just took it over offensively. That was fun to see, but really was never able to get into a long rhythm. Braden Smith, great game, 38 minutes, a lot of minutes played like he is every game. Uh, 14 points, six boards, six assists. Uh, four turnovers. Uh, Got to get the turnovers down. Lance Jones, um, he was dynamic. He was fun to watch again. Um, he, 32 minutes, 17 points, and he was 7 for 7 from free, free throw line. That's that's a big deal. Smith was 5 or 6. Smith hits most of his free throws. Um, Lawyer uh, only had 5 points, 2 for 2 from free throw line. Um, Kaufman, that's 6. So it was 6 in a row. He hit 6 free throws in a row. He was 6 of 6. And that was so much fun. I was sitting next to an alum um, who was a class of 
it really doesn't matter. And we were just talking about the first time Kaufman went to the line, how bad of a free throw shooter he was because this was his first game uh, at Mackey this year. And his son is a student. And I said, this guy's not a good free throw shooter. And you could see uh, every now and again, um, some of them out of his hand. You're like, okay, that, but he looks so comfortable for the majority of those. That Those six free throws were massive. Purdue hits 80% of their free throws. Like I said, that 72% is kind of a magic number for me. Purdue goes to the line more than their opponent generally. They went more tonight, 25 times. Illinois went 21. Um, Purdue shot the three ball okay, 47%. Actually pretty good. Um, and they destroyed Illinois on the boards. That's a big deal. 43 to 28. And that's it. So Purdue is, um, they're 14-1. They're a very good team. They still have a lot they can tighten up. They can play a lot better. To me, I look at this Purdue team, I'm like, man, there's a lot more in the tank. I, I think they can play a lot better. This game, to me, is very interesting because Purdue had such a big lead at multiple times. If you watch the kind of game tracker, Purdue extended their lead, it came back and they extended it again. And at the same time, they played such an undisciplined brand of basketball at different times, like just doing things that weren't very uh, normal for the way Purdue plays. Um, and I think they cleaned that up and they beat the living hell out of Illinois tonight. So they didn't do it. And I think that part of that's Illinois putting them in that position. But um, it just feels to me that they can play a lot better, which is awesome to score 80 points against the top 10 team in America and say you can play a lot better. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, some, something I really enjoyed early in the game was Illinois was overextending on the left side. Smith would, it was like he was playing yo-yo games with them. He would, he would just lull them to sleep. Um, and then back toward them. And he was doing such a good job at making them pay for their their overextension in the defense. It was awesome. Contrary, on the other side, one of the things Purdue had a problem with, like I said, this discipline, you saw a lot of miscommunication on defense, probably because you had different lineups at times. Um, I remember one specific, I think Heidi and um, TKR were in, and there was a switch, and Illinois got just a, a ridiculously easy dunk, backdoor dunk. And that happened a couple times where Illinois just was able to score way, way too easily because of Purdue's problem in um, staying disciplined, staying assignment savvy, whatever you want to call it, uh, communicating, all those things that they are so good at on defense, they didn't do that tonight. So they can get better. Thanks to everybody again who's here. Uh, Zachary Young says, your voice sounds like mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can, drinking water. Um, I drink Gatorades. I'm... It's, it's not going to happen. Maybe tomorrow I'll get it back. Brian T says, stat of the game, TKR and Jones go 13-14 for free throw line. Yes, huge. Huge. Um, that in the rebounding wins the game for you because um, it looks, like I said, it, it feels close at the end. But, man, it just felt like, gosh darn it. I really wanted them to make that statement too, but um, it's okay. It, you don't need to make statements. Um, B. Murph says, uh, I made it for my favorite podcast. Thanks for being here. Appreciate the kind words, too. Brian T. says, a win against the top 10 team despite Braden and Fletch going to combine 5 for 20. Only 10 points for Zach. Should be 8 due to the tip-in TKR. Um, yeah, I, it's it's not. it was not a great game. But I, I think part of the reason that those two struggle a little bit from the field is because of that dynamic nature of the Illinois guards. And this is kind of something that's going to be Purdue's problem. They need to get better at this, to me. That's that's one thing. It's just like, okay, this is one of those games. Watch the film and say, this is a team. You're, if you can get past the first couple rounds in the NCAA tournament, you're going to run into a team like this who has old guards 
Illinois is a chance. This is old basketball versus new basketball. This is the old philosophy in college basketball versus the new. And what do I mean by that? The old philosophy is you you develop a program, you develop players, you you nurture them from within, and they become something after a year or two. Illinois is, I think, I think three of their players, three of their guys played significant roles last year. That's it. Everybody else is a transfer. And Brad Underwood wore a lot of people out. If you listen or read what happened at Illinois last year, guys were just like, yeah, I'm done. And so he did a really good job getting guys out of the portal that were really, really good. But he's got men there. He's got, again, this is a recurring thing. We saw it in the Final Four last year, 24-year-old guys that are just really well-seasoned and are really talented. That's Illinois. Purdue is developing a team. Um, and so this is, it's the old school versus the new school. Kind of fun to watch. Um, let's see. Zachary Young again says, give Illinois credit. They played well at the end. Never quit. Yeah, they, they fight. That's, that's a great attribute for a team to have. Uh, and the refs helped. I agree. Uh, but they did play well. B. Murph says, lawyer did not play well. And Heidi should have absorbed a lot of minutes. Completely agree. Uh, Brian T. Braden's uh, seemed to let his emotions uh, get to him in the second half. But I saw Mason try to calm him down. Nice to see leadership from Mason. Listen, I didn't miss, mention Gillis at all, um, and that's a mistake. That's bad by me. Um, so Gillis played 20 minutes, had eight points, eight rebounds, two assists. Painter talked about in the postgame, Gillis left the Maryland game with three injuries. He had the ankle that he already had. He had a dislocated toe or something, and made dislocated thumb and a sprained toe. I think that's right. Today, he gets he goes up for a rebound, gets shoved, comes down straight on his back. I don't know if he knocked his wind out of him. I was in the worst place for that. I was on the other side of the, the padded foam um, uh, support for the basket. I couldn't see anything but his shoes. And so I, I looked up at the screen. I was like, okay, he's still on the ground. He took some time to get up. And I maybe you guys can tell if you watched on TV what happened there. Gillis is you know, the glue guy thing from last year was talked about a lot more last year. He is every bit of that, if not more, this year. And Purdue, <clears throat> pardon me, Purdue needs him a lot. He's so damn tough. He's fighting through injury. And if you look, you would never know he's fighting through injury because of the things he does, the sacrifice he puts on his body, on his plays, on rebounds, on 50-50 balls. He's incredible. He's incredible. Uh, my daughter... Loves Mason Gillis. I don't think it's because he's a tough, gritty player like I do. I think she thinks he's handsome, regardless of what it is. It's my daughter's favorite player, and that means a lot to me. So uh, Jeff says Hawkins hacked the hell out of Mason when he knocked the ball out of bounds. Yeah, um, don't doubt it. B. Murph, again, lawyers uh, needed to uh, see the bench more. Place of Heidi. Heidi had energy. Heidi looked great. Um, I don't think we saw Colvin at all. Um, double check that. Yeah, Colvin didn't play a minute. But Heidi... Um, Heidi looked good in limited, uh, let's see, I'll go back to that. Yeah, Heidi had 12 minutes to play. He looked great. He looked great. He looks the part. He's going to be really, really good. I wish he would have gotten more minutes again. Vincent Moster, uh, Vincent Moster says, this is the TKR I've been waiting to see. Lawyer had a rough night. Yeah, this is the TKR we saw versus, um, BK Bur Bruno in the summer. And if you watch those games, I, I actually covered that here. Um, at your favorite YouTube channel or whatever you want to call it. But this is the TKR from that game. He he really dominated BK Bruno Berno. Um, he showed that tonight. That was awesome to see. He's really, really good. And uh, he's a cerebral player and he's a hardworking player. And 
sky's the limit for him. He's, he's going to be great. He's so strong. Uh, is great. Um, Brian T. The dichotomy of Underwood's personality is a bit like Katie. Game face on the court. Nice guy off of it. Maybe. That might be it. That's a good parallel. And he's got that scowl just like Katie. He lost a lot of weight. Katie really didn't go through that. He didn't, uh, you know, lose weight while he was coaching. But might be it. But the thing that's interesting about Underwood versus Katie, like I said, players left that program. And you've heard whispers of things of they just get worn out by him. I don't know if I remember that happening very much with Katie. I remember a couple of guys transferring out, like in the total time I was a child, uh, all the way into college. I don't remember him doing that. In fact, the guys that played for him just loved him. Um, but Katie was a real pussycat off the off the court. He's really cares for the guys. Uh, he is absolutely an amazingly foul mouthed coach, though, when he was coaching and mean as hell. It looked like it. But I, I was buddies with Herb Dove, and Herb said, "Yeah, we we're not we're not too afraid of Gene." And I, I thought that was funny. I think Herb was a senior or junior at that point when I would talk to him. But uh, yeah, he, I think Herb is probably indicative of other guys that played for him. Uh, Vincent Mostrigan says, uh, "Would have liked to have seen Morton hit another three. Yeah, that one that would have just tore the roof off Mackey. He had a second, he hit a three, and then he shot a second one, and it almost went in." I think it was one of those where it goes doo-doo on the rim. And, uh, yeah, I, I that would have been awesome, and it was close. Uh, uh, Brian T. says, aside from TKR, Purdue seemed to be playing uh, not to lose near the end. Yeah, that's the Purdue right there, that playing not to lose. That's the Purdue all Purdue fans remember down the stretch last year. That's the Purdue that played Penn State in the Big Ten Championship when the, when the, when the press was thrown at them. And they weren't really playing to attack. They were just playing just to get by and survive. And that is not going to be good in the long run. That's that's a really good point. Really good point. Uh, Bieber says, I'd feel a lot better if we could finish on a high note. Yep, sloppiness and turnover, same thing. Andrew Lincoln says, just charging up uh, the lawyer death star for him to score 30 against IU. Yeah, um, that could be right. That Maybe he's just, he's just resting up because he's going to unlo- unleash hell. Who knows? We know he's capable of it. It's all matchup-based. But, man, I, there's got to be games where you say, yeah, it's not working. I can't drive on this team because they keep tossing my shot. Just kept doing it. <sighs> yeah, it's it's rough because he's a shoot-first guy, right, from, from, from deep. And they took that away from him because they guarded it. And so he, had, he was able to drive. And then he drives, and he's going right into the teeth of a, just a monster. They, they had very, very good... Um, uh, front court play, uh, their guys look great. So that yeah, was not good. Um, yeah, Vincent Bush said, "Was Edie zero for three from line?" I'm gonna double check it. That's what that said. But uh, I guess I, did I misread that? No, it's zero for three. Zero for three from the line. That's what it says here. That's could be wrong, but I think it's right. I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't think it was. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I will always admit when I'm wrong. I'm good about that. Uh, I'm not going to dig my heels in, but I think he was 0 for 3. Um, zero field goals for Purdue in the final, 5.09. T. Harris, 3 was the last. Yeah, and that 3 was huge, right? Um, so you have zero field goals, and then at the same time, you start missing free throws. It's a rough combination. That's what it felt like. They're just hanging on. Corey Metzger says, a big win is a big win. Take it. I think he means conference. Um, uh Take it and move on to the next. Also, Tamanaga scares me. Yeah, Tamanaga, Tamanaga is really good. Really good. It's funny. He was kind of a novelty bit for a while. 
when he was younger because you're like, oh, Japanese player. It's really cool because you don't see him. And he's a little guy. And I think he, I mean, like, and he's kind of creative with the ball. And he's very good. Uh, he's very good. He made Ayu look stupid a couple times the other night. Yeah, he's good. So the good thing is, because of his size and kind of his nature of his game, I think it's a really good matchup with Smith. So I'm not as afraid of him as I am um, uh, Damask. Boy, I struggle with that name all day today. Um, let's see. If uh, B-Murph says, you watch the first three minutes, though, you realize the powerhouse that Matt Painter has recruited. Yeah. The, the team's deep and they're good. Purdue's Purdue's built for um, built for Big Ten play. The, they can they can throw bodies at. It. And Underwood talked about how deep Purdue was, and that's a good point. Brian T says thanks for the quick cast, despite the hour and the tiredness. We appreciate. It. Thank you, Brian. No problem. No problem. We're at thirty six minutes and thirty two seconds. I don't know what your over under was today, but these these things these seem to be getting longer, and that's. Uh, Partially because I like this part. This interaction part with you guys, it 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 makes the thing go. It's great. So I appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate the comments. Appreciate you watching live. 65 viewers live at 2.30 in the morning. God bless you. Um, so thanks again to all the people I get to see tonight, talk to. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening on delay as well. Also important. God bless you, Hammer Down. We will talk to you later in the week. If you haven't done it yet and you are interested in the college football, I did a very, I told you it was coming. I did the research piece. It's gotten very milk and toast um, reception. I mean, some of you guys watched it and liked it. But humor, humor an old guy. And uh, go watch this thing uh, that I talk, I talk about with the, um, um, how do we repair college football? How do we repair the NIL problems and the, they're just ideas. They're just concepts. I did a lot of research. If you want to go on the old website, blowupsports.com, and I pub or I not publish. I put my I did publish it. I guess my notes and my uh, thoughts and the research. Ton of research for me. That's not really my thing, as you guys know. And um, let me know your thoughts on it. Appreciate you tuning in, though. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Hammer down. Like I said, we will see you on the ninth, if not before, after the Nebraska game. See ya. Thank you.